how about those uh, gathering groups Friday, huh? Was that fun or what? I didn't receive any emails or texts, so everybody must have been okay. Uh, I was like, <clears throat> I called John. I was like, John, are you, are you good? Were you okay? Because you know what I'm saying? You need the youth pastor. You never know what's going to happen when he's running things. I used to be one, so I know my pastor was always concerned with that at times. Dwayne, you did, you want to, well, you want to what? Just tell you. I'm excited for the uh, comedy night and the event that the youth are going to be putting on. That's pretty exciting. Um, we have so many things that, like, that are just happening in our midst and I don't even know if, if you guys know about all that's going on. I mean, I, I hope you do. I mean, we are outreaching to uh, the community, to the city. Um, I mean, we, we have Bible studies happening in other places, uh, not in the church. Like, that's, that's awesome. Um, our youth group is continuously doing something new. They just not too long ago went and, and uh, partnered up and did a worship night, and that, w- that went amazing. Uh, man, I mean, the women's group is, I mean, just is so much life happening here, and sometimes I know it's hard to see or hard to tell, but it is happening, and I think it's awesome. Um, Today, I thought I would uh, just bring it down just a notch or two. You know, we've been, it's been pretty eventful around here um, over, the, over the last few weeks. And uh, not, not intentionally. I, it's not like I was like, okay, God, you're doing too much. Let me, no, that's, that's not it at all. Because the truth is, is I want him to have uh, as much freedom to do what he wishes as possible. Um, but I do know that um, when it comes to living life, we need, we need practical preaching just as much as, you know, we want to have people filling the altar and things like that. Because if they fill the altar, they give their life to the Lord, and then what? Right? It's like, well, what do I do next? You know, you've, you've allowed me to have freedom, but what do I do now? Um, how do I live this life out? And so that's part of what we do um, when we preach the Word of God. And uh, I actually had prepared this for last week, and God moved, and of course, I'm not going to get in the way. Um, I don't think Ben would let me if I tried. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, I I was like, Lord, do you want me to preach something else, or you want me to stick with that? And um, I felt to stick with this. Um, and I'm going to share a story with you first, just to get us set up. I was talking to someone probably uh, about a week ago. It's funny, I had this message all prepared, and uh, actually it was Corey I was talking to. And I realized in talking to him about this story that I was telling, um, I was convicted. I was convicted because I had been studying, right? (laughs) What happened there? 
um, I had been studying the Word of God, and I began to share this story, and I realized in sharing the story that I had handled myself completely wrong. Um, I think I knew that before, but the Word was so fresh in my heart that I was like, man, okay, Lord, way to give me a spanking like three years later, but I'll take it um, because I want to learn and I want to be better. Um, I shared a story about a kid at my job. Uh, he was incredibly disrespectful, just incredibly disrespectful. And um, honestly, there was no reason for him to be so disrespectful. He just did not like me. Uh, we, I, am, I am somewhat of a disciplinarian, um, for those of you that don't know. <laughs> um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm just, you know, hauling off, beating my kids or nothing like that. Um, it's just I'm pretty firm on... You know, when I put some rules out there or when I have an expectation of the way my kids are supposed to act, then that's just it, you know. And so I carry that into my job. And the kids there, they notice it. They know it. I've had a few of the kids there ask as they come in brand new, they're like, is he security? You know, and I'm like, why do you get that? But I, I know why they get that. Um... You know, it's not like I'm standing in the corner like, you know. <clears throat> but nonetheless, they asked the question. And um, this kid was one that he asked me himself. You know, he's like, what are you, security? You know what I mean? He just had that vibe about him. Like, yeah, I'm asking you, you know, who are you? Why are you always, you know what I mean? Why is everybody scared of you? You know what I mean? It's like... And so we had this relationship that had, would, that had developed, and he seemed to desire to push every button he possibly could, test every boundary he possibly could. And I'm a cool guy, so I was just like, all right, I see you, I got you, you know what I'm saying? We, we'll, we'll have it out at some point, but... I'm just going to let you push and push, you know what I mean, until you run up against the wall. When you hit the wall, it's going to be on you, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, what does that look like? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so this kid, this kid, he wanted to get me at this one instant, he wanted to get me riled up um, because I had gotten him riled up. Um, I won't go into the whole story, but... It kind of began with him having a ball that he wasn't supposed to have, him bouncing the ball on the desk, and eventually throwing the ball against the wall, right? So you see how that just got way out of control really quick, and I'm like, don't drop the ball or it's mine. He dropped the ball. I threw it away. You can imagine that did not go over well with him. <clears throat> um, See, I, I feel convicted when I, I got to tell you, I, I destroyed the ball. I didn't just throw it. I tore, I took and just ripped the ball apart. I just, and then dropped it in the trash can. And I just looked at him like, 
you know. And I knew, I knew that that wasn't the greatest situation, but I knew that what he wanted was he wanted an argument. He wanted me to get riled up. He wanted me to start yelling at him and all that kind of stuff like that. But that's just not who I am. I know how to take control of a situation and handle a situation without getting myself riled up. Um, but what I know what I did, though, right? I know what I did. I knew that me ripping that ball up and throwing it in the trash was going to have him over the top. I'm not saying I did that with, that's not necessarily what I wanted, but I wanted him to know, um, you've hit the wall. So, um, what I know that is expected of me is this. I'm not supposed to argue with the kid, right? That's what God would want. God wouldn't want me to be arguing with a kid. My job appreciates the fact that I'm not willing to argue with the kids. Um, these are the, I guess, simple expectations. These are the, the expectations that I think everybody in here would understand and be able to deal with, right? Just an everyday person, you know, you shouldn't argue with a kid. They're a kid, you know, don't. Don't be taken to that place. And that's all well and good. But here's the thing. Sometimes kids and whoever can push you, they can push you too far. And after that situation, he continued to push. You know, call me names. You know, he was talking about my hair. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have any then either. Um, uh, you know, he, he was just talking about me. He was just saying whatever he could to try to get under my skin. And um, though he did not get under my skin, well, you know what, Paul, stop. You know what? He did. He got under my skin, right? And it wasn't because he called me a bald-headed, and I won't say the other word. But I was just like, you know what? I've had enough. Like, it's one thing to be the wall, but then it's another thing to let that wall begin to close in on them, right? And so I was like, you have now tripped the secret lever, and the wall is coming for you. And so I made a comment back. After he called me a ball-headed, you know what? I made a comment back, and the comment... I don't, I don't want to tell them that, Jesus. Let's, let's keep. <laughs> I'm just going to say it was clever. It was clever. It was, it was timely, you know. Um, PJ would appreciate it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think the whole Burke family would appreciate it. <laughs> Heather, Heather, you would have been proud of me. <laughs> Um, I just, I hit him with a zinger, and man, he came out of his chair, and he started to, like, just explode, like, words, and fell in his arm, and he walked out the room, slammed the door, came back, walked out again, slammed it again, I mean, he just went nuts, and, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, I mean, he deserved it. You know what I mean? Like, he, de he, he deserved it. <laughs> so, long story short, 
the situation led to a standoff in the cafeteria where he was still yelling and again he had he had come up against the wall and I was like you know he's like I'm going to get my lunch and I was like not unless you're going by me you know I said like you know there's your lunch here's me here's you I don't think you're going to lunch today and he just continued to you know just rile up and at this point I was completely calm I'm standing there you know I'm you know my I'm in my defensive stance, you know, if you ever see a person standing one foot in front of them, you know, one just back just a little bit, they're leaning. If you, if you see this, then you need to be aware that they are not just chilling, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is, you know, it's, you're ready for the, you know, um, but that's, that's from my police training days. Um, and I'm standing there, and I'm just waiting for him to do something. He's yelling that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you, and still, I'm all kinds of names and all this stuff like that. <clears throat> and one of the other teachers was like, Mr. Dwayne, do you want us to call the cops? And I was like, yes, great idea. And um, he's still yelling. And then over his shoulder, through the door, I seen the cops come in. And I looked at him, and I was like, I know, I know. I know, I know. It was, I couldn't help it. I I just could not help it. See, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Just rub it in. I knew, I know I messed up. I knew I had crossed the line again. I get it. And that's why when I was telling the story, the Lord was like, "Mm, are you reveling in that right now? Are you, are you? You're excited about that, aren't you? You were wrong. And I was like, so I felt very clever in the moment, right? Because I was like, here we are. I'm not saying anything, but I'm going to wave at you because you are out of here. (laughs) And as far as everybody knows, I'm chilling. But inside, I was completely a disaster. Absolutely, 100%, I was a mess. I was furious. I was angry. I was, I was that kind of angry when you're like, <laughs> you're like bawling and crying and angry at the same time, and people don't know whether they should pat you on the back or stand 10 feet, you know, like they just don't know. And that's what I was feeling on the inside. But on the outside, I was just sitting there as calm as could be. And one of my coworkers said something to me, and you know, and it all came spilling out, unfortunately. Um, I got home, and it all came spilling out again, unfortunately. But I'm only saying that to say that I was a mess, right? So let's get to, let's, let's get to the real deal here. I want to ask you have, you, ever, have you ever felt something like that? Not, not feeling like you're a mess, but have you ever come up against something or someone that you felt needed to, you know, they needed to understand. They needed to get the wall, you know. Um, (laughs) Have you ever found yourself wanting to create, present, or uphold your reputation? Hear what I just said. 
create, you know. Nobody knows me here. They need to know, right? Create a reputation. Um, present, right? Somebody, like, they know me, but they don't know me, right? Like, you about to learn today, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Have you ever found yourself in a situation where, you know, you thought, man, I'm going to take this opportunity to let it be known? Um, because you want to be seen a certain way. You have something to prove. You need to let people understand whatever it is about you that they may not. Um, I'm good, right? I'm good. I got this. I got this. Uh, I'm not bothered. Not bothered, whatever. Uh, I'm in control, right? Only to realize it's not true. It's really not true at all. It's not true at all. And what ends up happening is you end up handling things and people in a way that you shouldn't. Um, you know, some people would say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I was smart, I was smart, or I was, I was slick, right? And I tell you about my story, some of you snickered and laughed or whatever because some of you were like, hmm, nice, you know what I'm saying? You handled that very good, you know? Like, you handled yourself very well. Probably, you know, you thought, man, you know, that was really clever. That was really a good way to control and, and, and direct your frustration or whatever it is. But as I told the story to Corey, almost immediately I realized I was in error. I was in error that day, and the truth is, is in that moment, I was in error because of the way I felt about what I had done. Um, I had not acted wise. There was no wisdom in what I had done. There was no wisdom in how I had handled that kid. Um, and here's the crazy thing. While I appeared to be completely in control, I was totally out of control on the inside. Um, so I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what is that? What does that mean? And I use these words, and I don't even like to use these words, um, but in all actuality, I had failed. I had failed God. I had failed to be the Christian that I was supposed to be. I had failed to represent him in the way that he would want to be represented. I had not used godly wisdom. Um. Have you ever found yourself in a place like that? Can you think about a time that you did that? And even up until this moment, thought, I nailed it. Right? 
the baby clearly has. It just, they're like, why did he have to say that like that? So disrespectful. Um, go with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18. And some of you who really know your Bible are like, oh man, he's going to James chapter 3. He's about to tell me I need to control my tongue. Right? He's about to preach and tell me how to tongue and move the ship and all that stuff like that. But I'm not. I'm not. We're actually going to skip right by that part because that part is pretty well known. For those of you that don't know that part, again, like I just said, it talks about the use of the tongue and how the way we use our tongue can destroy something, completely eradicate it, or it can completely build something new. God spoke and things were created, and we were made in His image, so therefore, we can speak and things will be created. Whether you believe it or not, it's truth. It's truth. And in the same note, when we speak and the things we say can completely destroy things and people, right? And the whole story that I just told you, clearly, you know, very few words, very few words were used, but the communication was loud and clear on my part. But all of the words that were said on his part clearly did damage, right? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words will never hurt me. That's not true. That's not true. We tell our kids that, and I understand why we tell them that, but maybe we need to figure out a different way to explain to them that words need to be overlooked. You know what I'm saying? Um, James chapter 3, verse 13 through 18, it says this, Do you want to be counted wise? To build a reputation for wisdom, here's what you do. Live well. Live wisely. Live humbly. It's the way you live, not the way you talk, that counts. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom. Twisting the truth to make yourselves sound wise isn't wisdom. It's the furthest, furthest thing from wisdom. It's animal cunning, devilish conniving. We call it clever. <laughs> Whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throats. Real wisdom God's wisdom begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. Wow. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessing, not hot one day and cold the next not two-faced. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. 
wow, so much said right there. The part that I love, though, the part that I love is this. You, we, can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God. Come on. That excites me. We can create a robust community, healthy community. We have the capability. Well, when you go back to the beginning of that verse and you begin to think about the rudder on the massive ship and you think about a community, we have the ability to shift a culture. We have the ability to change a community. We have the ability to do this through what? Through wisdom. Through living well. Living wisely, living humbly. Humbly. What? If I was humbled, if I'm humbled, if I'm living humbly, then somebody speaks negatively about me. If somebody says something that is hurtful to me, unless I think more of myself, well, why does it matter? Well, you're a, you're a cheapo, Mr. Dwayne. What'd you say about me, boy? These shoes I got on right. What? Er, stop. Wait a second. Well, Mr. Dwayne, you're stupid. Look at your job. Look where you work at. What'd you say about me? I only work here because... Er, er. Where's that coming from? Not humility. That's not humility. If I feel like I need to give an answer, if I feel like I need to give a response, that's not humility because what has, his, what has just happened is, is they've plucked my strings and now I need to sound off because I'm not acting humble. I know, I know. You're like, whoa, wait a second. Pump your brakes, big guy. <laughs> like, I, I understand. Please, I'm telling you, this is, this is what I was studying when I told this story. So therefore, this is what I felt. What you're feeling right now where it's like, man, it should be okay for me to say something back to somebody. Um, no, not really. It's not. Because let's not just talk about words. Let's talk about physical action. Uh-oh, I'm about to pull out the one that we all hate. We all hate this one. If somebody comes up and smacks you on your left side of your face, you should turn and give them the right side. Like, what? Jesus, hold that. Hold that, okay? <laughs> Ain't nobody hit me, bro. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not even asking. Listen, I'm not preaching on that one. We're going to leave that one there for another, for another time, right? But today, we are talking about words. We're talking about living a life 
living a life that will create something. What? More life. Living a life that will create life. That will create community. When we think about the word community, when we think about what a community is, and when we think about the idea that we have the capability to create a healthy, it said robust. I just, when I hear those two words together, I, I just, I think of something that's good. I don't really know what, it's just, yes. People want to be there. People want to be in the midst of that. They're not, they're not running from it. They're running to it. Would you agree? Would you agree with me that God is absolutely amazing? Yes. <laughs> and when we have those clever days, you know, when we're feeling oh so clever, would you agree that he shields us? Actually, he doesn't shield us. He shields those who we are dealing with. He allows... He's shielding, he's shielding people from our stupidity. Our true nature. And then that gives us the opportunity to get it right the next time, right? This is what God does for us. This is who he is. Why? Because it's his heart. It's his desire to create that community. That's his goal. The body of Christ. That's his desire is to see community created amongst us, living together, right? As the church, as his children, as the body of Christ. So let me tell you, and I'm going to close here, a couple, couple thoughts. A year later, a year later, after God had shielded everyone from what was really going on inside of me, after God had allowed me not to truly show what was going on inside of me, with exception to a couple of people. A year later, I was introduced to a kid. This kid, I was clear when he came in. Actually, I'd been told, right, he could be a problem. And I was like, all right. I, I kind of expect that because of who he was. Who this kid was was the other kid's younger brother. And I thought to myself, as the week, the first week that he was there went on, I thought to myself, 
He knows who I am. And this was not a prideful thing. This was actually a very humbling thing. I was like, he probably knows who I am. My guess is the reputation that I had created that day for his brother had probably preceded me. I wasn't happy about that. And I, I tread carefully. That first week, man, I was just trying to stay out of this kid's way. I didn't say anything. You know, when he took folded up pieces of paper and flicked them to the ceiling so that they would stick up there repeatedly, I didn't say anything. I just looked at him, and I was like, hey, man, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't do that. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. He was like, hmm. And I was like, wow. And I walked over to him, and I was like, hey, man, you can't sleep. You can't put your head down. Like, you got to do some work. And he was like, yeah, I don't really want to. And I was like, your brother went here a few, like, a year ago, right? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, did he ever talk about his time here? And he was like, sometimes. And I was like, um, I'm guessing he might have told you who I was. And this was not an attempt to uh, provoke him. I honestly was wondering if because he knew who I was, he had already decided to act out. That was really my thought, and I wanted to try to repair it. And he was like, no. He's like, he didn't really talk about, I mean, he talked about a lot of different things and people or whatever. He's like, he might have talked about you. He was like, but he didn't really say anything specific about you. And I was like, really? I was like, so he didn't think I was the worst thing ever? He didn't tell you to watch out for Dwayne? He was like, no. He was like, actually, my brother liked you. And I was like, really? (laughs) He was like, well, I mean, my brother don't like nobody telling him what to do. But he actually said that you were kind of cool because, you know, you always just kind of did what you said you were going to do. He always knew what to expect from you. And I was like, well, all right. I realized in that moment God had shielded me. He did not allow this kid to see what really was to be seen, or he just was seeing God. I I don't really know. I don't even know how to word it. But I took the opportunity to attempt to get it right. I did not provoke this kid. I went out of my way to make this kid feel like he belonged there. I let him sleep for 45 minutes to an hour and then go over and nicely be like, hey, man, I let you sleep for an hour. Why don't you just give me one assignment? And he'd be like, all right, he'll do one assignment. He might even turn around and do two. I wasn't excited about that. Don't get it twisted. I wasn't excited about that at all. But I just kept telling him, like, listen, you have an opportunity. Listen, you can do better. Listen, like, there's more if you just apply yourself. And then he began to open up to me and tell me how horrible his life was and how bad his life just sucked. And that's why him and his brother just hated everybody and 
and just didn't care about nothing. And I was like, well, do you want anything more? And he told me, yeah, I do. He was like, but, I mean, what's the point? You know, there's no point. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm not supposed to do this. I was like, but, you know, like, do you believe in God? No, yes. You know what I mean? And I went that. I went there. And I told him, I said, God loves you. I was like, as a matter of fact, I believe that he placed you here just like he placed his brother here so that I would have an opportunity to work with you, talk to you, and try to encourage you to something different. And uh, unfortunately, like this kid was like, but I'll tell you this, he appreciated it. He told me so. He understood why his brother liked me. You know what I mean? He told me that. Um, But he left. And I'm going to be honest, I don't remember what happened. Like, he like left and just never came back. I don't know where he went. I don't know what happened to him after that. But what I do know is that I handled myself correctly. I used wisdom. I used godly wisdom. And I believe that through that, those two young men are going to be a part of the healthy, robust community that God wants to see. Um, So my last question to you is, what will you do when presented with the opportunity to get it right next time? What are you going to do different? How are you going to respond differently? I challenge you, I challenge you to use godly wisdom. Now, for some of you, you're like, okay, that's no big deal, but you've heard everything I've just said. You've heard everything I just said, and godly wisdom calls you to not do what it is your flesh desires to do. Godly wisdom calls you to respond differently. Godly wisdom says when a person does not like you, you don't know the person, they don't like you, they have nothing good to say about you, and they are actually talking to other people about you, questioning who you are, questioning your authority, your position, questioning everything about you. Godly wisdom says walk up to that person, smile, shake their hand, and explain yourself. I don't mean any harm. This is who I am. This is who gave me the authority. I'm only here trying to help. I apologize if you're offended. What does that do? See, if I said that in the world, in the business community, they'd be like, you know what I mean? Because they understand that what that does is it creates, it creates what people desire. It creates a different culture. It creates community. It creates something more, right? So, a life lived with wisdom is a life that loves in action, builds community, and reflects Christ. Let's say that one more time. A life lived with wisdom 
is a life that loves in action, builds community, and reflects Christ. No mistake that what we seen last week and what you just got today is no less powerful. There's no difference in the worth and the power. If you will take what you just heard, apply it to your life, and begin to walk that out. Because what will happen what will happen is the transformation that can happen right here at this altar will begin to happen out there at your jobs, at your schools, and in your community. I promise. Will you stand with me today? A little different. If you can, I understand if you've got little ones. <clears throat> or if, if there's something else keeping you from standing. I won't... I won't we're done. Um, I want to give the opportunity first. If there's anybody here that you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've heard everything I just said, and you feel like, man, that is absolutely impossible. I cannot do that. I want to tell you that through Christ, this is possible. With the Holy Spirit living inside of you, this is very possible because He equips you he gives you power. He gives you strength. He gives you the ability. He gives you words. He gives you everything you need that will allow you to live out a godly life, a, a wisdom-filled life. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior and you want to today, I, I'm going to ask you to step out, be bold, and just let me come pray with you. If that's not you and you know Christ is your Lord and Savior, then that's great. If everybody here does and we're good, then that's absolutely wonderful. I do want to tell you that if you're stuck and your feet just won't move, I understand that too. And I want you to know we're going to pray. I'm going to pray for you, but I, I'm asking you, if, it, if it's your desire to see change in your life and you want to be a, 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 um, a person who causes change, in your surroundings, and you don't know how to do that yourself, but you think that maybe Christ Jesus is the way to do that, and you want that, then I'm going to ask you to say that. You don't got to say it to me, but pray to him. When we begin to pray here in just a second, pray to him and just say, hey, God, just real simple. God, I want this. Everything that he just said, I want it, and I think that you're the one that can do it. I believe you're the one that can do it for me. Because that's what the Word says. We have to confess. We have to believe with our mouth, with our own heart, that He is the one that can do this. And it will be done. Um, if you struggle with these things, I want to pray with you. If you want to see, you know, you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, but you know, man, I struggle with using wisdom. I struggle with my words. I struggle to say the right thing, do the right thing. I just struggle. And I want to be an agent of change. I want to be a person uh, that people see as wisdom, that using wisdom or wise. If that's you, I would love to pray with you up here today. 
we can bring some other people up to pray with you as well if you'd wish. And again, if your feet just won't allow you to move, that's fine. That's okay. <clears throat> because we can pray. I know that the power of the Holy Spirit will come to you. So let's just bow our heads real quick and let's pray together. Lord God, we need you to fulfill the things that I've talked about today. We need you. We need you to tame our tongue because we can't do it. Your word is very clear about that. We cannot tame our tongue. Our tongues cannot be tamed. Lord God, we need you for self-control. We need you, Lord God. If we are going to represent you, if we are going to reflect your son, Jesus Christ, if we are going to be ambassadors of our home, which is heaven, and we are going to bring heaven down on earth, Lord God, we need you. We need the power of your Holy Spirit. We need you, Lord God, to not just live in us. We need you to live through us. Lord God, we need to begin to release you into the atmosphere to do whatever you will. We need to walk and claim the place that we have walked as the kingdom of heaven. We need to proclaim, like your son did, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We need to believe that. Lord God, we need you. I pray right now, in the name of Jesus, for all of those who are under the sound of my voice. God, I pray, Lord God, that you would begin to work in us. That even in this moment, Lord God, that we would feel your spirit just stirring in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit stir us in our heart. God, I pray that that feeling right there, that stirring in our heart, that we would recognize it when we're standing in front of people who need you, that we would recognize it when we're standing in situations that make us uncomfortable or or would cause our flesh to rise up. We would sense, feel, and know that your Spirit is there to help us in that moment and that we would depend on that. We would trust that. We would call out to that. We would pray for that in the name of Jesus. We pray all of these things, Lord God. Be with us. Transform our lives. Make us more like you, we pray. Have your way. And we pray all this on one accord, in agreement, we pray all this in your Son, Jesus' name, and we all say, Amen.